Welcome to the geek to geek podcast where I choose you, Beige. <laughs> oh, that made me feel so good inside. That's weird. Okay, I'm Void and I'm here with my co-host, Beige, <laughs> who's laughing, so he can't say something awesome as he normally does. Today, today, listeners, we are talking about Pokemon Go because Pokemon Go has launched and it is everywhere and both of us have been playing it. So it's, we've been playing it a lot. We have been playing it a lot. It's huge right now. Like, there are all these impressive stats. I just pulled out a couple of them because I thought they were fascinating. Um, On Android, it's either about to surpass Twitter for daily active users or it just surpassed Twitter for daily active users, depending on who you ask. Yeah. Did you know that? No, I had. That's one I haven't seen at all. Yep. So that one's cool. Also, Nintendo stock has jumped more than 25% since launch. And as of right now, when we're recording this, It's like almost exactly one week since it launched. Right after we recorded last week's episode, the app came out. I'm really sad that when we were talking about the the pre-release of all of this, that we didn't think about buying Nintendo stock. Looking in hindsight, it's like, oh yeah, Nintendo stock's going to just jump from how everyone loves Pokemon. Never crossed my mind at all. Yeah, and it, it seems like it's only going up. As the worldwide release keeps going, you know, like, yeah, it doesn't look like it's going to level out soon. So good for Nintendo. And then the other thing is it's already the number one mobile app of all time in terms of downloads and top grossing from everything that I've seen. <laughs> like, and I'm getting these stats from a bunch of different places. Who knows, like, how completely valid they are. But, you know, it's like it's at the top of the charts. If you look in the app store, like it's right at the top for top grossing for free apps for all of these crazy and it's been out for less than a week and it's already overtaking games that have been out for years you know it's just crazy. which is crazy so generally i guess i just want to start with like what do we think about it like what do you what do you think about it i really like it i wasn't sure how i was gonna like it at first because i had a really really terrible experience on the first day like most people did i got app crashes server crashes i couldn't even see the pokemon that i was getting at the very first i'd hoped that i'd caught the bulbasaur at the very beginning but i didn't know because the app crashed and wouldn't let me sign in until the next day After those initial bumps were smoothed out, I think it's okay. I really like it, and I've been spending more time than I probably should on it. Okay. It feels kind of like the core of a game rather than an actual game itself right now, though, if that makes any kind of sense. They're going to be able to do some fantastic things to add on to this in the future, and I really look forward to added features. Yeah, and I'm really excited for that, too. I think we're actually going to talk a little bit about kind of our wish list for it later, but right now we wanted to talk about it as it is at the moment yeah and like i like it i like the core of the game that's there which is kind of what you were saying i like catching pokemon i like going and hunting for them i like walking to hatch eggs i like you know Uh actually being active and getting out like i'm noticing that in the last week we've gotten out with the kids a lot more i mean we, we get out with the kids a lot in just our yard you know like we get them outside we sit while they run around and play in the yard but we don't actually like go i i should say that i don't actually go out to like parks and other things with them as much because i'm usually working and by the time the work day is done i'm kind of like okay i need to play a game to decompress so my wife takes right. them during the day but in the last week i've gotten out with them a lot more because after work i'm like oh yeah i want to play pokemon now let's go to wherever and play together uh-huh. so the four of us have been playing together and that's been really cool for me 
That's wonderful. This has gotten me back over the last few days or the last week, I guess, since it's been out, has gotten me back into doing morning exercise that I had gotten out of it where I came in, sat down at my computer and started playing Overwatch or working on some project almost immediately in the morning where this, like this morning, I looked at my phone, saw what time it was. It was overcast outside. And since the sun wasn't out and it wasn't too hot, I was like, I'm going to go for a pokey walk this morning before it gets too hot outside. So I spent about an hour, hour and a half outside hatching eggs, going around Pokemon. I took over a gym for the first time. Oh, good job. And it was... I got kicked out this afternoon, but I took it over this morning at 7 a.m. It was mine. You were the gym and leader. I was. And then somebody came and beat up my Pidgeot or Pidgeot or Pidgeot or whatever the third evolution of all of the Pidgeys are. Pidgeys are cool, man. They're everywhere here, too. Um, everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. It's. I should also say that in playing it with my family, like, so the first couple days... The servers were really bad and the servers aren't great yet, but I don't want to linger on that because, you know, in the next week, like they're already getting better in this first week. By the time we get two or three weeks down the line, it's going to be a non-issue. But the first few days, the servers were horrible. So I didn't really tell my wife about it. I just told her a couple times I was going out to play, like to catch Pokemon and try this new app. And she was like, yeah, go for it. But then I think it was the third night it was out. It was the first night that the servers were actually stable enough that it was like consistent all night. So after a few hours of, of that, I was like, here, do you want to catch Pokemon? And I just handed the phone to her when I had a couple Pokemon spawn near the house. And she threw a Pokeball and caught, a, it was probably a Pidgey or a Weedle because that's what's around <laughs> me in my area yeah. generally. And she was just like, this is amazing. She's like, what's that? She tapped on the little tracker and she's like, oh, there's something out there. How do I get it? And I was like, well, you just, you know, walk out the driveway, go across the street. It's somewhere close. It's one footstep away. Okay. And So she just she's like, I'm getting it. She took my phone, walked out the front door with no shoes on and just wandered the neighborhood until she got it. She came back and was basically like, get this on my phone right now. (laughs) So that's awesome. She's been playing it more than I have. She is a higher level than me. She's gone out to do Pokemon stuff more than me since she's kind of like the primary caregiver for our kids during the day. But they're also old enough that they can go out and do tons of stuff you know they're almost kindergarten age and so she's been taking them to like anywhere that has poke stops right so anywhere that's a park with a bunch of poke stops she went to we live in minnesota so she went to the mall of america the other day which is just full of oh my gosh yeah so they didn't even think about that place it looks really cool. Like, and we're already talking about like the next time we just get a date night, the two of us, let's just do a Pokemon date and go hit Pokestops and take over gyms together. But that's one of the geekiest things I've ever heard, and I kind of love it. It's amazing. I love it. It's so fun to watch her get so excited about it. Like, yeah. As I'm recording this, she is out with friends right now catching Pokemon. She's probably actually <laughs> hitting up Pokestops to try to get more Pokeballs. But yeah. She's out and about doing Pokemon. So I love that she's already like the Pokemon trainer master in the house. It's really cool. That's awesome. Now, did she play it when she was a kid? Did she grow up with Pokemon like you and I did? No. And that's the amazing thing. Like, wow. She's the same age as I am. I played it when I was a kid, but she never did. Um, She did okay. grow up watching her brothers play it. They're a little bit younger than us. So they were a different generation of Pokemon. But she uh, probably watched the show a little bit here and there when we were all kids, but she never played it. 
she knows just enough to know, you know, she knows what it is because she's the same age yeah. as us. But just knowing like what it is and the core of it, that's enough to hook somebody. And it's amazing. Like, have you seen how many people are playing this game this week? Oh, my goodness. Yes, it's it's everywhere on social media. It's on Facebook. People I wouldn't expect to play Pokemon are, are talking about this. My favorite thing about this is that people I don't know will come up to me and just ask, are you playing Pokemon? Or just look at me and go, Pokemon? And I'm like, yeah, Pokemon. And there's this just instant camaraderie. Like, I looked at around a 12-year-old kid walking down the street yesterday as we were going to lunch. His phone was in his hand. He was just looking down at it. And I said, you playing Pokemon? And here's this creepy 33-year-old man just talking to a kid about Pokemon. And he's like, yeah, I'm playing Pokemon. I, yeah. He's like, do you? And it's just like he got so excited to see that other people were loving the same thing that he loved. And I remembered that feeling whenever somebody, especially an adult, was that into something that I cared about. That as a kid, I just it, I just loved it. And I'm seeing this. I see I met a family in front of the library yes, day before yesterday who a mom brought her three daughters out and they were walking around the park and then went to the library because the library here is a Pokestop. And it has, I think, around six Pokemon uh, or Pokestops and a gym within the same block. So it's actually, no, there are nine Pokestops within that block. Oh, wow. And Oh, yeah, it's a crazy block. And it's awesome. And so there were just people throwing lures out on the fountain in the park. And it was it was awesome. And people were talking to each other. One guy I, I met, he was like, I would be playing Pokemon, but my phone's dead. And I have to go home to charge it. And it was, I don't know these people. One guy on the street came up to me at an intersection and started talking about Pokemon while his girlfriend caught a Pokemon in a store. And then the light changed and we got a crosswalk. And I had to go because Jennifer, my wife, just took off, just walking. And I was like, I got to go. Bye. Good luck. <laughs> and I just had to go chase because Jennifer doesn't play it and doesn't care to. But she gets that I do. But when it's her getting back from her lunch hour on time, the Pokemon that I'm catching don't matter so uh so i mean just in the middle of downtown the street downtown it was awesome just meeting all of these people it's so cool and okay so like every friend that has reached out to me and there have been a lot because everyone knows that like gaming is one of my main hobbies they're like are you playing pokemon so i you know text them back or i call them back and talk to them for yeah. a little bit all of these friends who don't necessarily game a whole lot anymore every person is playing pokemon and so wow. i i asked them because these are people who have who are still in offices like you know i work from home i'm a freelancer at the moment but i was like i wonder what offices are like right now because i used <laughs> to work in one and i imagine if you are in an office everyone is playing and they said yeah. that is exactly right every person around them every day is playing pokemon you see people with their phone out just walking around the office to get steps or kind of like going from place to place tracking pokemon i it's it's amazing to me and then another thing where you said just kind of like striking up conversations um uh -huh. i was out on my front porch and i was stretching before a run like i had my running gear on and my phone okay. you know set up with run keeper and stuff i was about to start a run and i saw someone walking down my street and he was holding his phone up and it, it, he had that pokemon look about him you know <laughs> you have your phone yeah, kind dude. of up a little bit more than normal and you're swiping you're swiping straight yes. up and he stopped at the bottom of my driveway and i just pulled out a headphone because i hadn't started my run yet and i just said hey pokemon he's like yeah there's an onyx at the bottom of your driveway if you want it i was like yes so i flipped over the to, into the app i went down to the bottom of the driveway and as i was catching it we just talked for like five minutes you know it was a guy in my neighborhood i hadn't met before it was very cool that's really cool. That is 
I don't even know what to say to that other than hot dog, and I'm jealous of your onyx. <laughs> okay, and then one last story about people playing it, right? Different people that we're yeah. seeing play it. My parents are on vacation at the moment, and they yes. saw they saw that this came out, and they're like, well, you guys know about it, right? They texted me and my brother, because we keep in touch while they're on vacation. Right, of course. And they're like, what's the deal? And we said, it's kind of like geocaching for millennials. I guess that's like the very basic okay, level of yeah. explanation. But yeah, that makes sense. You know, they, we're their kids. They We grew up with Pokemon. They know what Pokemon is. They're oh, like, yeah. Can we try it? Whereas we're like, yeah. So my brother called them, spent, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes on the phone just explaining all the basics of the game. And the rest of the time they've been on vacation, we're getting texts from my parents about the Pokemon they're catching right are you wow that that is brilliant that is that that's amazing it is it is it's so fun like both my parents and they're both very technology literate so it wasn't really an issue but it did tie into something i wanted to talk about like my brother had to get on the phone with them and actually explain how to play the game and this is something that i noticed that there's no real tutorial in this game and like even like even me you know i play tons of games all the time like i was going online looking things up because people in the community are figuring it out that is not messaged well in the game at all i didn't understand almost anything about the game at first and the first few gem fights i got in because i'm really lucky that my house is situated half a block from both a pokemon gym and a poke stop so i can basically make one big triangle from my house and just do everything and it's it's lovely i went and fought this gym and i just got trounced i got beat down into the ground and this was day two maybe whenever i first hit level five just trounced and and I was like, man, these these automated pokey battles are terrible. I just I didn't get in any hits. And then like two days later, when I decided to give it another shot again, I when I'd leveled up a little bit and had more powerful Pokemon, I had one that was higher level than the the first one, got beat down. And then I realized after I looked it up that you have to tap the screen to fight and that there's special moves that you can do and there is absolutely no documentation that tells you that when you're in a fight that you rapidly tap the screen and when the blue bar fills up that you can hold it to do a special move i had no idea about this and i thought it had the worst battle system in the world because nothing worked and i kept dying there's a bunch of core mechanics that are not messaged at all or they're messaged very poorly i mean so this game launched right as we finished wrapping up last week's episode right when we were done recording (laughs) and while we were still on the you know where i'm going with this while we were still on the call i hear you running around you're like hang on a second you i heard you take off your headphones and your wife said something in the background you're like honey hang on i'm hunting pokemon and i just hear you running around your house saying you were just running around your house going how do i get a bulbasaur how do i get bulbasaur (laughs) (laughs) and it was the funniest thing it was amazing and i think that like it was funny and it was awesome and i'm glad i heard it but it it also speaks to the fact that it's not even messaged how to catch your first pokemon like the fact that you're supposed to tap on them when you see them on the map view like you were literally running around your house i could hear you you were running (laughs) around your house with your phone up probably trying to see where the bulbasaur was which that is 
it, yes. it's not a you know it's not a bad assumption but you just have to look at the map and like tap it once yep i had no idea so that that is literally what i was doing i was running into my wife's office down the hall back into my office and then i ended up going outside in the backyard and running around trying to figure out what was going on the dog was having just a wonderful time with chasing chasing me around but i had no clue how to get that bulbasaur and i finally got her you got I don't know it. if it's a her or him, but I'm assuming it's a her. Sure. But I got it. Yep. It can because be. Because you know Jurassic Park. Okay. I wanted to talk a little bit about mechanics, a little bit more right. just to kind of help people out if they haven't figured everything out yet, because I'm answering the same questions a lot on Twitter, which I don't mind. You can always hit me up for questions on Twitter about games. Absolutely. I'm, I'm happy to talk about games, but it seems like a lot of these mechanics just aren't messaged well. So yeah, tap on the Pokemon when you see them on the screen, they'll pop up and then you throw a Pokeball at them. That's kind of the basics. If you want a Pikachu, here's something that we learned days after the game came out. If you walk far enough away from those starter Pokemon, the very first ones that pop up right when you load the app, you will see a Charmander, Squirtle, and Bulbasaur. And you can tap one and you can get it as your starter Pokemon. If you walk far enough away from them, they will despawn and respawn at your location. If you do that four times, it will give you a Pikachu instead. Uh. So you can reject their starter Pokemon and pick Pikachu if you want, just so you know. That's a possibility. And starter Pokemon don't make a big difference. I've actually turned mine in for Bulbasaur Candy at this point so that I can level up a higher higher combat rating or whatever it is, CP. I can't remember what it stands for, but a higher, more powerful one. And uh, you can also collect all of them eventually because I hatched an egg today that had a Squirtle in it. Yep, you can catch all of them again so that's not a big deal um when you actually catch pokemon you see them on your screen you have your little pokeball at the bottom you flick it towards them and there's a circle that there's like a colored circle within a white circle that kind of pulses um inward over and over again and if you can manage to hit it in a particular way you can get like good throws and great throws and stuff although that's not messaged at all and i'm still not sure what makes a good throw or a great throw i think you have to get it like in the circle or something like that according to forbes and we'll see we know how those articles can be according to it you can hold the pokeball which make which resets the timer on the circle as it's pulsing and you can hold it down and wait on your shot basically as it gets almost tiny before it disappears that's basically zeroing in on the pokemon right as it respawns and flashes large that's how i've been able to get the best throws but it's so weird because i've also gotten like good throws and bonus points for hitting it when it's all the way big so it's like me too it's very inconsistent the other thing you can do i don't know if you noticed this but you can throw curveballs which is kind of fun well i've done it by accident but not at the pokemon i've thrown them far away from the pokemon and like oh i threw my pokeball away (laughs) so if you you tap and hold the pokeball right and then if you just kind of pull it up a little bit from the bottom and you spin it in a like a circular motion it'll spin the ball and then when you throw it you'll get that traditional like pokemon throw from the show that has that like curveball that ash used to do all the time Uh uh-huh so you can throw curveballs and it might help with the capture rate but nobody really knows um Besides that, other mechanics. So there's a day-night cycle to the game. If you haven't opened it, like if you're opening it at the same time every day, you might not realize that you get different Pokemon to spawn at night that you do during the day. Oh. So like at night for me, there are a ton of Venonats around us. But during the day, they never show up ever. I've gotten a couple during the day. I'm almost, I'm one candy away from evolving my Venonat. And I can't remember what it does and I'm not looking it up. So I'm just excited to see what I get. (laughs) 
And I know that's ridiculous, but I'm I'm actually holding off because I want to know what it evolves into, and I need one to do it. I know it's interesting to see how like this knowledge from childhood. Some things are like crystal clear. Like I see a yep. silhouette, I know exactly what Pokemon that is, and uh-huh. other things that were like. I don't remember what this evolves into. Like, I have no idea. I don't know why I don't remember, but I don't. Or I know what it looks like, but I can't remember its name. Yeah. I know the. I know what it does, how powerful it is, all of this, but I cannot remember the thing's name to save my life. Yep. So another cool thing is that the Pokemon spawning are location-based. Um, it's not, like, hyper-local. So if you have the example that I've been giving friends who have been asking about this, if you have a little pond in the back of your house, it's not going to make a difference, but... If you have a lake nearby and you were to go walk around the lake, that will make a difference, right? Yes. Um, it's also different. Like if you live on the ocean front, you're going to get a lot more water Pokemon. Then if you live in the desert, you'll get a lot more like fire and rock and fighting Pokemon. So it's kind of this like higher level view, but where you are does affect which Pokemon you can capture. And it, I mean, that being said, like any Pokemon seems to be able to spawn anywhere, but it's it's the rate at which each one spawns, right. right? So what's rare for your area compared to what's rare for somebody else's area? Yeah, and I think because, and I don't know if this is the case, but you had mentioned it earlier, I live directly dead center in the middle of my city. And like the, the road beside me bisects the city. So I have Pidgeys left and right, up and down. I, it's like Alfred Hitchcock's birds over here. It's just Pidgey, 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 Pidgey. And I wonder if it's because I'm in town. Because pigeons are everywhere. And there are these friggin' Pokemon pigeons literally everywhere I go that I am evolving them for experience with Lucky Eggs and then just throwing them away. It's just like a meat grinder worth of pigeons because they are like garbage birds just like the uh, just like the real ones. And I'm sorry if anyone loves pigeons for calling them garbage birds. Uh, yeah, well, I've heard from different friends that you definitely have the common spawns that are kind of like unique to your location. And yeah, there, there's only like a certain number of ones that are common. But if you live in the desert, you get a lot of the whatever the snake is called is snake. It's like snake spelled backwards. Ecans. Yeah, that's Ecans. The one. And then um, where I am, it's a lot of Pidgeys, a lot of like Weedles and things like that. Yeah. My friends in Seattle said that Seattle is basically a Zubat infestation. Um, I have some friends <laughs> that live near an ocean. They said Magikarp is very very common there and like goldines things like that so yeah it seems like it it differs a little bit but yeah there are definitely your common pokemon which quickly kind of turn into your trash pokemon and become like candy basic Uh so you can any pokemon you catch you can turn in for candies and you can use those candies on that same type of pokemon to either power it up or evolve it so basically what you end up doing is catch a bunch of the same pokemon and save the one that has the highest combat value and then whenever mm-hmm. you get enough, you evolve that one into its next form. And I didn't know until I think yesterday that you could actually transfer them in. So if you go into the Pokeball menu at the bottom of your screen, you tap Pokemon, and then you tap into whichever Pokemon it is. If you scroll all the way to the bottom, even under the map that shows you where you caught it, there's a transfer button. And what that does is give you one candy worth of its of its type. I didn't know that, and I was really curious on what was going to happen when I 
filled up my Poke bag, and I just now I don't have very many Pokemon at all because I've been turning them in. But there's no documentation of what it does. It just says, "Hey, do you want to turn this into the professor?" And I didn't know what it did, so I decided to try it. And I was like, "Oh, a candy! Ooh, ooh, ooh! Give me more candy!" And then I just got rid of all of my Pokemon. And that, I mean, that's okay. Basically, what my wife and I have done is and anyone else can do this too if you're looking to just level up your trainer as you progress you get rewards every level every time you level up you'll get Mm -hmm. a couple items into your inventory one of those items is a lucky egg which does not act like the other pokemon eggs it's a separate item it's just a consumable it lasts for half an hour and it doubles your experience so what we've been doing is we still try to catch every pidgey and weedle near us because they spawn all the time just all the Uh time and they only cost like 11 or 12 candies to upgrade, which is 12. not, yeah, it's not a whole lot. And because of that, you can evolve them very easily and you can evolve a lot of them. So we save them up, we transfer them in, we get the candies for them and then just hold on to them. Don't evolve them as soon as you can. Wait yep. until you save up a bunch and then fire off that lucky egg and evolve a bunch of them back to back to back to back for like half an hour you can get many trainer levels in that half an hour if you save up and yes, do it you right. Can. Yep, you can definitely do that because you get double experience. It's I did that today to be able to hit a couple of levels. That was that was what I was doing today in between uh, in between sessions of uh, Ruby. <laughs> nice. And okay, so another mechanic, um, Pokemon eggs, which are if you go into that Pokemon menu and you swipe to the right, there are eggs. You get those from Pokestops, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, if you tap on that, you can put it in an incubator, which you have one at least that's infinite uses you can always have access to it and then you just walk you know just moving around while you're going out exploring for pokemon as long as you have the app open it tracks your distance and when you hit however many kilometers that egg is rated at that egg will hatch and it will give you a pokemon and a bunch of candies for it which is pretty cool i like that aspect a lot now when it hatches now this is one thing i've not been able to figure out when it hatches, does the distance have anything to do with how good of a Pokemon that you get? Because I've gotten a Pidgey out of a five and a Cubone out of a five and a Squirtle out of a two. Yes, it's not how good it is, but there are a different set of Pokemon for each distance of egg. Okay, so there, awesome. Yeah, there are predetermined ones that can hatch out of each one. I'm working on a 10 kilometer one right now, so I'm excited to see what comes out of it. Yeah, it's kind of a, a mixed bag. Um, you can look up the infographic online or I can try to find it and put it in the show notes. But it's it's basically like the 10 kilometers have a lot more of the rare Pokemon. But yeah. there are some rare Pokemon that are in the two kilometer too. Like all of the starters happen to be in the two kilometer eggs. It, right. Things like that, right? It, it's kind of a mixed bag. And the last major like features of the game that you might need to know about that they don't explain well there are poke stops right so (laughs) these are little blue things that show up on your map and you can walk up to them and you can tap them the first time i went and i tried to get a bunch of poke stops i could not make them work i could not figure it out and i felt like an idiot i had to go and google it later but basically walk close (laughs) enough tap into it and then there's a little circle that has an image in it spin that you have to flick that thing and spin it to actually get items out of it. It's not just tapping into it. 
It took me way too long to figure that out. I can't believe it. And it may just be my internet connection, my data, but if you you can tap on it when you're out of range and it still pulls up, it just tells you that you're out of range. If you have the have it up on your phone when you walk into range, I get an error every single time. I get no items from it, but a lot of times it crashes and when I come back, it is showing that that Pokestop has been used and I have to wait the timer out again. So do not tap on the Pokestop until you are actually in range of it. Lesson learned the hard way. Yeah, that's a good tip. So the other thing is that gyms, gyms are another one. You have to walk up to it and then you have to tap it. And there are two different states the gyms can be in. There's a gym that's controlled by another team and a gym that's controlled by your team. So the first time that you are level five, you have to be level five to interact with the gym correctly. You have to get level five. You tap on a gym. It'll give you an option to choose a team. So there's three teams. There's Instinct, Mystic, and Valor. And basically, if it's if it's a gym controlled by your team, you can train there is what they call it. And it's yeah. you pick one of your Pokemon to battle one of the Pokemon in the gym and if you can defeat that Pokemon one-on-one, it'll make the gym's prestige go up. If the prestige is high enough, the gym will level up again. And at that point, you can put more Pokemon into it. Yes. And you can only keep one of your own Pokemon there regardless of how many other Pokemon are there, even if there's an empty spot. Because I, when I took a gym over this morning, I was the only one there. I dropped mine in and then went to, I leveled it up. I trained enough to get it a different level of prestige. I think it only took me four battles. So I just used a bunch of potions and re refilled up whichever my Jolteon I think that I had and eventually I got kicked out and no one had put their Pokemon in so we lost the gym but you I learned the hard way again that you can only put one of your Pokemon there because there's no documentation of that right and so that's why like my wife and I capturing them together worked really well because we could throw two Pokemon in there right away and they could be strong ones and keep the gym for longer which is pretty cool the other thing that we noticed and again this isn't messaged anywhere in the app but if you are fighting against uh, a different team's gym you can work together it's actually multiplayer did you really how does that work no how does how 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 Okay, so the basics of your team versus a different team, um, you tap into the gym, you can select a whole group of six Pokemon, you take them into the gym, and you can use that to try to defeat however many Pokemon they have in there. So you get a full team of six if it's somebody else's control. If you enter the gym and somebody else is still trying to defeat the same Pokemon that you are trying to defeat and you are on the same team, their Pokemon will show up with your Pokemon, and you will fight together. Oh, that is awesome. I did not know that. Yeah, so the enemy will have a shared HP bar, basically. So usually, whichever one of us had the stronger Pokemon would hit go first, would jump into the battle, the second person would jump in, and then we would attack it together, and we would be able to take them down twice as fast, which is really, really fun. Yeah, this morning, I also learned that talking about gems, I learned this morning that... The own the Pokemon that was there, there was a single executor that was still there, and it was right at combat rating a thousand. So all of mine were about five hundred. I had two that were in the five hundreds, and the rest were in the two hundreds. So I got my team of six, and I was able to beat a single one thousand rated Pokemon with a team of two five hundreds and four two hundreds 
just out of pure spite, essentially. It was pure attrition working and, and just pounding the uh, pounding the screen as fast as I could. It was it worked, but if there had been any more Pokemon in the gym, that it wouldn't have. So if you do find a gym like that, you can take it over even if you're not nearly as powerful as the the opposing team is. Yeah, and I guess we should say that like to actually battle, you tap on your screen, it'll do a normal attack. And then you have a little blue bar meter that will fill up. If it gets all the way full, you can tap and hold to use that Pokemon's special attack. And then the weaknesses and strengths matter. So if you have a type matchup where you are supposed to be doing more damage in a typical Pokemon game, that will have an effect too. It'll actually say, you know, it's effective or it's super effective. I didn't know until a while later that if you look inside the individual Pokedex entry for the Pokemon in your collection, that they do come with different abilities per Pokemon. So you might find a Pidgey with a Twister that's a dragon type and another one that is Aerial Ace, which is something or other that I can't remember. Yeah, you can get different special moves even though it's the same type of Pokemon, which is interesting. It's definitely a simplified combat compared to like the Pokemon games we're used to, but it is a version of combat. There's got to be some kind of metagame there in the end. But yeah, yeah okay. I think there's going to have to be. So that's kind of, there you go. There's our tutorial for you. All of these little things we've learned that are very hard to learn from the app. Now, hopefully more of you know about them. <laughs> um, hopefully. With, with that tutorial out of the way, I want to talk a little bit about the launch troubles. Like we said, there were server issues. I don't want to dwell on that because server issues will always get figured out. This is probably the biggest MMO really that's launched ever in the history of anything. I mean, if you yeah. if you think about the install base, right? Any previous MMO was on a PC. So you had to be a PC gamer and there's only so many of us out there. This is anyone with a smartphone. Think about how many people have smartphones. Like this is a huge launch. Well, you just have to think about what you said at the beginning of the show when you were talking about it beating Android's Twitter install base, that that is insane. That number of people, I cannot fathom that number of people. Yeah, and I think, I don't know if it was beating the install base. I think it was beating the daily active users, which... Oh, was it daily active users? Okay. I actually find that... Still. I find that more impressive, actually. And I know that this is going to trickle down once the excitement, it's going to calm down once the excitement gets over and people go back to their daily lives. I get that, but it's still going to have an incredibly high daily active user rate or number or whatever it's called. And I, I just think it's amazing how many people are playing for the fact that this game is still super buggy, like super oh, buggy. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean... How how many times have you had your game crash or freeze or bug out on you? I have it crash at least probably five to ten times a day whenever I'm out playing it. And I might play this for a total of an hour and a half to two hours a day. And some of that includes it sitting on my desk with an incense on just waiting on Pokemon to be lured to me. So, I mean, I don't play it a ton, but when I go out for a walk it's so hot outside that I, that my phone starts overheating and crashing that even when it's not hot i'll try to trap to trap a pokemon in a ball and i get one bounce and then i've sat there for 10 minutes with it on that screen before and it never moves again so i have to shut down the app and restart it and luckily when it does that i keep the pokemon that's in it but I, that actually counts as a catch, so I guess it's a good thing. I just get tons of crashes and lockups, and just it's it's awful. Sometimes the screen doesn't even respond. I couldn't catch one of my Pidgeys this morning because there was the, the screen just simply would not interact with it, and uh, 
I could shut the app down, but I could not tap on anything, rotate the map, nothing. Yeah, that soft lock is probably the one that I've gotten the most. The one where you throw a Pokeball, it looks like it caught it, and then it just stays on that screen. Like, you can tell yep. the app is still running, but it's not doing anything anymore. Like, that's the most common lockup I've gotten. The other one that I've seen a lot is... Um, And I guess it's a known glitch is when you have multiple people attacking the same gym. So basically every time I've attacked a gym has been with my wife. And every time you attack a gym together, there's a chance that the gym will get bugged out and that the opponent's Pokemon will get stuck at one health and you won't be able to catch it or you won't be able to defeat it. That happens all the time. And if you get into that state, you have to actually shut down your app and open it back up. Does it lose your progress in the gym at that point in the battle? Yeah, you completely lose your progress, but you still take the damage. It's like the worst of both worlds, basically. Ah, uh, And yep. I think it's a server issue because, like, everything has to communicate with the server. I'm hoping it'll get mm-hmm. fixed with time. But, yeah, I mean, I just wanted to mention this game is crazy buggy. They've already patched it twice. They're doing rapid patches, which is good. It'll get less buggy over time. Despite the fact that it's so buggy, everyone is still playing it. Including us. I mean, we're talking about how often it's crashing, and we're still going out and doing this and getting excited about it. I tried battery saver mode because mine, I thought maybe it was just getting hot from being outside in the Alabama swamp air and being in the sun. So I went out this morning when the sun wasn't out because it was cloudy and overcast. There was no so there was no direct sunlight heating it up like there had been and even before i got to the normal two mile mark where it usually just completely froze up and like my made my phone where it was hot to touch it the battery saver mode kept making it crash because the way it works is that when you turn the phone upside down it puts a very 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 dim screen with the pokemon logo on it so when you raise your phone back up it goes back to the main app screen, the main game screen. And when those transitions happened, it locked the game up and just crashed. And I was having even more trouble in battery saver mode than I was normally. So I just kept it up in my pocket. So it, it didn't have direct sunlight and waited on the sounds. Oh, did I tell you I tried to use this on a run? Yeah, you told me that you did, but you didn't tell me like you said it wasn't going to be a good thing for you. (laughs) So I mentioned this in the past weeks when we talked about Pokemon Go. If I can use it on a run, it becomes a killer app for me. If I can't, then I can see it fading over time. So I thought, okay, I'm going to do my due diligence before we have our big episode about the game. I'm going to try to do it on a run. And it was a miserable experience with the game the way it is right now. There's there's no background mode for this app. And every exercise app out there runs in a background mode because you want Mm -hmm. to be able to hit the button to turn off your phone screen when you run, right? So you can't do that. It has to be the app that you have open as a primary app. And I did figure out, I did figure out how to listen to other things instead of the Pokemon music. If you go into your settings in the, in the app, you can turn off the in-game music and that will let any background music play through. So you can listen to podcasts, you can listen to, you know, audible, audible books, you can listen to music, whatever. So I figured that out before I went for a run. Um, Good. But that being said, like, I had to very, like, as gingerly as possible, put the phone in my pocket the opposite way I normally do. I usually put the screen locked and toward my body. So I had to face it out away from my body because if my body bumped it, it would interact with it when I didn't want it to and then slide it into my pocket like very gingerly holding it with two fingers trying not to touch the screen Uh and interact at all and then if I got it just right I could run a little bit and then like 
after a few minutes, I was sweating enough anyway that my pocket would start interacting with it. Yeah. Um, one time I thought that I had it like perfectly in my pocket because I didn't hear anything from the app. And I was like, this is great. I'm going to track all of these miles. I'm going to get a bunch of eggs hatched. Uh-huh. I ran for a good 10 minutes until my next time where I needed to like walk and take a break. I pulled it out of my pocket to see how the eggs were making progress. And it hadn't been making noise because the game was locked up. Oh, my goodness. When I've started running with it, I keep it in my hand right now instead of in my pocket because the thing makes noises all the time. And so I'll be running intervals with it. So I've basically used this as a way to run sprint intervals and start just running down a particular street, getting a quarter of a mile in and just being able to stop and get whatever Pokemon are around. And since I've approached it as I'm just going to run some of this and do it as honestly a couch to 5k type thing where, you know, you're just up and down constantly, just regular intervals like that. Sure. It's worked out really well for running. I could not see doing this on any kind of regular distance run that I was trying to hit, you know, six to 10 miles. Because if you're like me and you can't pass up the Rattata that just spawned, then like this morning I'd run for about 15 seconds when something spawned and I had to stop and go over to the side of the road to get it. That that kind of, of completionist tendency would really drive me crazy. But I think also try putting your phone even normally in uh, with the screen out. I had to start doing this because I get so sweaty when I run that even when the phone is locked that my thigh would start interacting and calling people and locking my phone, unlocking my phone. Oh, no. And uh, I locked my phone one time with the screen inside to my thigh because it was putting in so many incorrect password combinations that uh, I don't use the one that erases my memory when I get it that way, though, luckily. But I had to start putting it out outside because even the sweat would interact with the capacitive screen. Wow. Yeah, so... This on a run is not good right now. And th- I I mean, it kind of leads into what I want to talk about. I, I wanted to talk about things we would like to see added to the app. So uh, we know that a few of these are confirmed already. Trading Pokemon is coming. They say very, very, very soon. And pu- okay, pu- cool. public events are going to come. Public events are going to be ways that you can catch legendary Pokemon. So... Oh! Yeah, it, it sounds really cool. You know, a bunch of people have to go to the same place at the same time and try to catch. Uh, basically, they said Mew, Mewtwo, and then the three legendary birds that represent each of the teams. So okay. those are the only Pokemon that are in the game right now that you can't catch, I think, from the from the original 151 anyway. Okay. But they are going to be added later, they said. That makes me really happy. I, I just want to know how they're going to do it. That the idea of having these kind of gatherings and public events sound awesome. As long as they do it where we can get to them. That's one of the things that re- will really make or break this feature because you live in a major metropolitan area. I live in the Quad Cities in Alabama and the Shoals where there are four small cities that live to get that are together and we live in it's a it's a small town essentially. It's bigger than rural, but it's not metropolitan by any means. Let's talk about this because I think they need to open up like submissions for Pokestops and they need to do it ASAP because that is my biggest gripe with the game is that like there are not enough of them and i know a ton of people who actually do live in rural areas and they have none around them you know they have to drive 20 or 40 minutes yeah and for me like you said i live 
I don't live in the city. I live in the suburbs around the city. And like I live in a major suburb and I don't have any Pokestops within walking distance. You know, I can walk and I usually walk or run like three to five miles. That's pretty typical for me when I go out. I don't have any within my normal running range. It's crazy. Oh, wow. I have to drive somewhere to go get Pokestops. And I know that they have the technology to do the Pokestops and gyms because all of these landmarks are what they used in Ingress that the game was based off of. Uh, Niantic made a game, for those of you who don't know, called Ingress on iPhone and Android originally that was developed by Google where they were using landmarks as an augmented reality game where you were connecting and shutting down portals, which have now been turned, that were, these portals were then converted into Pokestops and and Pokegems whenever Nintendo bought out Niantic or teamed up with them or however the business side of it worked. So they do have the technology to add Pokestops, and I would not doubt that the reason it's not in right now is for the massive amount of flood, of just influx of information that would come to them because from what I understand they actually went in and hand verified them to make sure that people weren't setting up their own houses as uh, portals to be able to take over for their teams. So I think this is the number one feature that they need, though. I, I think there are not enough. It's absolutely necessary for the game's future that if this is how the static, how static the world is going to be forever, that there's going to be a lot of people who fall off, that we need to be able to interact with the world somehow. Yeah, I'm already getting to the point where, like, if I don't, if they don't do this soon, I'm going to run out of Pokeballs and I'm going to have to stop playing the game. Not because I want to stop, but because I'm not going to spend more and more money on this long term. Right. Right. And I mean, they could do this another way. If they gave me some big purchase to say one time purchase infinite regular level Pokeballs, like if they wanted me to give them 40 or 50 bucks right now, honestly, I'd probably do it. That's a really good idea. Like, I I mean... My wife and I both said, okay, we're going to spend $10 each on this game and buy whatever makes sense when we get to that point because we like it. We want to support the developers. And basically all of that money got turned into, you know, the in-game currency. And I've spent almost all of mine just on Pokeballs because I keep running out and I don't live by a Pokestop. And the thing is, when that in-game currency runs out, I'm not putting more money into this game, right? Like, I don't want to keep giving them money every single week just to be able to play this game. And I've... I've only run out of Pokeballs one time, and then I just went outside to the Pokestop down the street and got more. And so I'm lucky that I can do that, that I live in the middle of town to be able to. But you're right, that is an absolutely terrible thing for people who live in rural areas. And it seems honestly a little bit predatory. If there are locations where people live and are that they have a lot of players there where there's no choice but to buy stuff, I wonder if that was a directed choice by the by the developers. I don't know. I mean, it's it's just frustrating because I'm talking to my friends who live in the city. You know, I was talking to a group that lives here in uh, Minneapolis, which is the city that I live in the suburbs of. I was talking to another group of my friends that lives in Seattle. And both of the groups said that you can basically go for a walk. And, you know, in a 10 minute walk, you can spin more than 10 Pokestops. These people are throwing out Pokeballs because they're wasting inventory space with them. They're like, oh yeah, those are junk. I have to throw them away every single day. And to someone like me, who I've had to pay money to get Pokeballs, I'm like, you you are literally throwing away money to me because like I, I can't do that. And it's frustrating right now. So 
number one thing that I want to see in the game, they need to open up submissions for Pokestops. Probably for me, the number one thing that would keep me going is having some sort of quest or maybe a small storyline. Something like that would really keep me going so that I had a reason to turn the app on as opposed to just collecting and just battling. Because those are the kinds of things that even if it's a Hearthstone style quest where you win two battles at a gym or spend seven Pokestops, whatever it is something like that would be much more much more likely to keep me going and playing the game and being able to advance some sort of storyline even and i know pokemon does not have a good storyline believe me those are you know whatever is going on in omega ruby is not interesting in the least but it's still a story where i can follow along and maybe get myself invested in it as opposed to right now where it's like hey here's a map there's some stuff here's a little monster throw it in a ball throw it in a ball at it i mean that's there needs to be something so you want you want a little bit more direction basically just a little bit of direction I just it that. doesn't even not not theme park like wow i wouldn't even expect that but yeah. i've played i played free to play games that have a better other free to play games on the iPhone that have a much better story and narrative experience and for a game that's supposed to be an augmented reality they really throw you in without any kind of indication on what that reality is no I, I agree with you I can see how that could be fun if they gave just a little bit of like daily quest type of a little bit of incentive to open the app and see what's available for the day and get out there and do yeah. something with it that could be cool I guess for me, I'd also like to see, and these are much, much lower on my list. The Pokestops is 100% the, the next thing that they need to fix, like get those out there in the world. After that, these things like I'd like a friends list. I'd like to battle with my friends. Um, yeah. I'd like to be able to trade with friends long distance. We know that trading is coming to the game, but we don't know in what way. And I'm kind of afraid that trading is only going to be if you're standing right next to somebody, which means I'm never going to be able to trade Pokemon with you right yeah which is terrible and awful and it is the one uh, that is the major feature of omega ruby that i love more than anything else is being able to trade online so i i hope that they have some kind of long distance trading with friends some kind of friend list integration that kind of thing they could add a chat into i don't think they need to because i mean if right. you're talking to your friends anyway you're on your phone you probably have 10 message apps to get a hold of your friends but it could be nice. But what actually works really well to take on with that one, with having a chat, whether it's friends or not, they did a team chat in Ingress where you could meet up with people and then go attack another team's portals where you could do this with gyms. It's like, oh, you know, Team Valor took over the gym at the mall. At, I say the gym at the Mall of America, one of the gyms at the Mall of America, and now we need to get together and do it. So you team up with all your other team mystic buddies and you can go there and do it. Even if you know them or not, you can send out a faction wide message. And that was really, really awesome and ingress to be able to do. I wonder about that. I almost said I worry about it, but I think Nintendo is the one that would be worried about it. Um, the target demographic for Ingress was like college students. The target That's demographic really true. for this is everyone, and that includes children, and it includes young children. And you don't want open communication between young children and other people who don't know them because of predatory nope. stuff. I, I don't think we're going to see that kind of chat in the game. And it's probably You're for absolutely the best. right. 
Yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, you as soon as you said you worry about it, I was like, yep, I know exactly why, too. And I was like, you're 100% right. Let's keep that out of Pokemon because I want it to be a children's game. More than anything, I want it to be accessible for children rather than a children's game. But yeah, and I think that's, what we have that's is- first and foremost. I think what we have is good right now. Like, you know, organically, if a kid is out, they're probably out with their parent. And if you happen to be at the same Pokestop, you know, and you say, hey, you playing Pokemon, like you said, you talk to that kid who is 12, right? Like, yeah, it's organic. It's in the world. You know, they probably have an adult around. It's safer, that kind of thing. So I think, yeah, I think that's pretty good. Yeah, we were in a park across the road from the public library in the middle of the day. It's not as though I'm trying to steal. His, I'm not trying to offer him EV candy from a middle of a white van. Right. That's good. I I think that the team <laughs> chat is probably in the real world. Leave it in the real world. It'll be good. True. Um. And then a couple, I only had a couple other couple things for my wish list. I really want that background mode so I can use it on a run. I hope they bring that out when they bring out the little Pokemon Plus device. I feel like that almost needs it to have a background mode. Otherwise, there's no point in having the Pokemon Plus device exist. Yeah, and maybe they're keeping it for only if you have that to be able to sell those devices, which is really shady, but I completely understand it. Yeah, yeah, that might get me to buy one actually and then the yeah. the only other thing and this is like pie in the sky like this is a wish right the developers mm-hmm. haven't said anything about this i've just seen this idea thrown around and i really liked it um the ability to designate your own home only for you in the game so you say this is my home once a day or however many times a day when you are in your home you can heal all your pokemon and you can get some free pokeballs basically like in the other pokemon games where you could always go home to your mom and she would heal your pokemon for you yeah <laughs> yeah so i kind of like that one um i do worry if everyone starts designating their home you kind of get that big brother thing like you know yeah who has my data that's true and what's it doing out there in the world but it, because it could i met be someone yesterday when we were talking, I, I went to a, a Shoals developer meetup and one of the guys saw the permissions that this required on Android and ended up deleting his account and restarting it with a dummy account so that they wouldn't have his actual information because of the kinds of permissions it was asking for. Yeah, they had a couple bugs like that in this first week and they're already starting to patch them out. Like if you were an iOS user the first week and you logged in with a Google account, it it said that it had full access to your Google account, even though it was going through some protocol that had almost no access to your Google account. Yeah. And they have since fixed that. So now it only has access to basically whatever your email address is. So it can see that your email address is associated with that Google account. That's it. Right. But yeah, there were permissions issues and they're already patching them, which is a good sign. Okay. I would like to see something like breeding to be able to go in because my friends and I have had a really good time breeding Pokemon for each other and trading that way that I would really love to be able to see that to even if I once trading gets in that would be an awesome way to really build the community is to think about the getting together in a park to trade Pokemon and figure out kind of who has what Pokemon I need to breed this particular ability. That would be a wonderful community building feature that they could add in, you know, maybe not right now with the infrastructure the way it is, but later I would love to see that. It could be interesting if you had something like that and it produced a Pokemon egg and you still had to walk for it at the end Uh to hatch it. Well, that's the way it is in the current generation of games. You 
breed them, you get an egg, and then you have to ride your bike around in circles until it until it hatches. So absolutely. As we're saying this, my mother on her vacation just sent me a text saying that they took a blue gym from an opposing team and they got it to level three and put their Pokemon in it. This game is crazy. <laughs> um, <laughs> that makes me so unbelievably happy. You have no idea. <laughs> I love it. It's so cool. Uh, and my brother is saying that he's so proud of them. It's just, oh, it's it's fun, guys. Do you have anything else major to say about this app? I mean, I think we've uh, talked for an hour. I've said most of what I want to say. Yeah, I think that's really it. It's really good. They need to fix the battery. Like, more than anything, I can take the crashes if the battery would be able to handle it more. They need to do more maintenance on the software to be able to make it more efficient on the phones that it's running. I'm worried about the life of my phone now because I'm having to charge my phone so much that I have an iPhone 6S, so I have good hardware with a decent battery life, and I'm having to charge my phone. Today, I was out for around 90 minutes, and I was at 32% when I walked in my house and had left the house at 98%. Oh, yeah. This game eats batteries like nothing else I've ever seen. It's crazy. The number of charge cycles that my phone has put on over the last week is expensive. It may be exponentially larger than it was the previous week because I'm constantly charging it up and down because of running Pokemon in the back, not in the background, but having sitting there running Pokemon. So they got to do something about battery life. They have got to make this app more efficient. Yeah, my phone has never been on the charger as much as in the last week. And like I have an external battery charger, too, that I always leave in in my bag for if I'm out with a client or if I'm working away from home um, just in case so I can always charge my phone in an emergency. And I always take it with me when I travel, too. And my wife has basically taken it this week because she's out (laughs) doing Pokemon more than I am. And she's needed it like she needs it to keep her phone charged so she can keep playing like it's it. Battery life is something that. I think they they absolutely have to fix. You say to keep playing. I hear to protect my children and make sure that nothing bad happens to them. That's what you mean, right? I want her phone to be charged, yes, when she's out and about. <laughs> this is true. But with all that said, Pokemon is fun. I think both of us are going to keep an eye on it and keep playing for a while. We'll see long term how this goes, and I'm sure we'll check in on it in our weekly geekery in the future because it doesn't look like this game is going away anytime soon and just so that you guys are aware this is the only game i have installed on my phone oh wow. i do not i do not like mobile gaming that i keep trying games that's not to say i don't play them but i try them and get really burned out and end up deleting them off of my phone for space and right now most of what i keep on my phone are productivity apps are things like video apps i have uh just looking at my home screen right now i have pocket cast and slack and flipboard and reddit and treehouse and photocracy and evernote and i have a giphy app because who doesn't need a giphy app and then periscope and pokemon go that this is the only game that I have, and Void can verify this because I, he tells me about mobile games. I'm like, eh, it's a mobile game, but he plays a lot of them and is having this reaction, which is expected, I suppose. I do not play mobile games, and this has got me playing games. I, this has got me playing a game on my phone this much. I will say, okay, that's all true. Um, I do play a lot of mobile games, and I checked the app store every single week because i'm always interested in what's new that's out i don't always buy something but i always check every single week to see new games 
And on my home screen, I have my phone is basically set up. My main screen has all the apps I use all the time. And then the second screen, if you swipe to the right, has folders that basically have every other app that I have on my phone. And most of the games are in folders on that second screen. I have one spot for one app on my primary screen that if I have a game that I'm really into, it goes there. Pokemon has not made it to that slot yet. Ah, okay. Hearthstone is still there. And it's been there for a long time, and I don't see it being unseated anytime soon. But Pokemon is out of a folder on the second screen. It's it's easy to get to, and I've been opening it a lot. But we'll see long term how this goes. Yeah, that's that makes sense. Okay, so with all of that, it's probably time for our weekly geekery where if probably you don't should know, be. yeah, we share what we've been geeking out about this week in particular. So why don't you start out? Okay, so I'd mentioned that I went to a developer a group of developers in the area last night, and it was through meetup.com. I really love this service where if you guys have never used this, it's a service where you just go and people have posted that they're wanting to get together for particular reasons. For me, it is software development. I want to meet other people in the area who are either learning to code or are already coders. And I was in a Shoals developer meeting last night where we had a talk about, oh, what was it called? 101 Things About Ruby. And it just happened to be that I was learning Ruby and it was fantastic. And I met a bunch of people, started talking to them, met one guy who works at Big Nerd Ranch and uh, got a cowboy boot shaped koozie. So that was fun. Um, But really nice people. And we're having a lunch meetup tomorrow that they posted about today. So I'm going to get fajitas and get to talk about coding. And then tomorrow night, I have one that I'm meeting up with these people at a brewery for... um, test-driven development to discuss it and have a talk and a speaker about it where it's but but we have a common interest and i don't know these people and i've met them through the shared common interest on meetup.com because they decided somebody decided that they needed a way to get together and meet other people in the area there are meetups for everything from dog play dates to probably actual play dates um to just whatever else comic books I, I say this because, you know, we're geeky and these are the things that come to mind, but there are meetups for everything and just you can go on and search. And I didn't think that there were things in my area, so I'd never looked at it. And then one of my wife's new office mates said that he had been a part of a group on meetup where I live. And if my small area has a thriving meetup.com community, I can pretty much guarantee that yours does too. So you really should check it out. Just put in your city and state or if you're international. If you're one of the awesome people who listens to our accents from another country with an even more awesome accent, put in wherever it is that you live, and I can guarantee you that there are probably people there too. Ooh, if you are listening from another country, let us know because now I'm curious yeah. about it. Um, my weekly geekery is nine nine nine. Have you heard of this game? No, I have no idea what this is. Okay, so it's a visual novel series that's also like a puzzle game. the The last one in the series just came out like a week ago. And I tried to get into the first one in the series, which is 999. That's the first game. A few times. Okay, you did tell me about the new one. You did tell me about this. I wasn't aware what the first one was called, though. Okay, so that one is 999. And I tried to get into it on DS and had some problems that I just couldn't get over. Like, you couldn't skip text, so I couldn't read it as fast as possible. And I read really fast. And that is a feature that just 
breaks a game for me if I can't constantly be smashing A because I can read as fast as they can display dialogue, basically. Yeah. Um, I had a couple friends on Twitter talking about the new game, and I was like, oh, I've always wanted to get into this series, but I couldn't for the reasons I just said. They said, did you know there's an iOS version? And they took out all of the horrible puzzles in that first game, and they got rid of that limitation on text. So it's basically just reading through a visual novel. And I said, no, I will check it out. So I checked it out and I played through the entire thing. And it was really interesting. It's not the kind of game that I normally play. And I'm not sure if I'm going to play the second one. But I'm glad that I played this one all the way through and I saw it to completion. Just because now I have this context for a game that's kind of really big out there that has this thriving cult community around it does that make sense it does i'm looking at it on my phone right now because i'm familiar with visual novels but i don't actually understand how they're played so i'm looking at this and it's very interesting to be a mix between the way that you had described it to me before was a mix between a video game and a choose your own adventure novel and looking at the pictures on the app store I'm looking at it and there are actual images, which I didn't expect. So it's almost like a motion comic as well, maybe. Have you ever it's, watched motion it comics? Is. And I mean, it kind of has like, um, I would say it's somewhere between a comic and a video game and a choose your own adventure story. But it's also more of a novel in that there's a lot of reading between actual choices. So the okay. games that I tend to like that I would, I would classify them not as visual novels. I would classify them as like interactive fiction. And there are a couple of these on iOS that I've recommended to you. And one of these days I'm going to get you yep. to bite and I know you're going to like them. Those are ones I know that, I will. yeah, those are ones that have like a paragraph or two of text. And at the bottom of that, you make a choice. So it's constant interaction, right? You're constantly making choices yes. that feed into your character. It might just tweak a stat here or there. It might just affect something in your inventory. But like every page or two, you're making a choice that will carry forward. This is not that. This is okay. you are reading text and text and text, but it's it's not a text. You're It's basically comic, right? Like it has right. images with text with it. You're reading it for a really long time. And then every once in a while, you'll have to make one key decision that will like split the chart. There's a flow chart in the game. It'll like okay. split it into a different story. Does that make sense? Do you know when those choices happen? You know, it is very obvious. Okay. And there's a flow chart built into the game that you can tap whenever you want. And you can see where all of the branches happened. And you can jump back to any point in the story and start it there and make a different choice. The way that you said it, I was really curious on whether or not that you knew you were making these kind of large decisions. Yeah, it's super obvious. So the thing about this game that was fascinating to me is that it has like six different endings depending on which order you chose which things. And there aren't that many different key decision points, but you have to run through some of them all the way to the end to get information that makes that lets you go back and make different choices to get to the true ending. Hmm. So you actually have to fail a number of times before you can succeed. That does sound really cool. It is. It's just, it's a lot of reading. Like, um, the reason that I'm not immediately jumping into the next game in the series is that with this visual novel in particular, with 999, I felt like the characters would never say something in one sentence if they could find a way to say it in 15 sentences. Oh, like it really hammers home the points over and over and over again. And it's just like, OK, I get it. Like, move on to the next thing, you know, that would drive me nuts. 
Yeah, so this one might not be for you. I still think some of those interactive novels, uh, I'll get you to bite on oh, one of those. There's one in particular I can't remember the name of, but it's about a space guy, and he's basically trapped in space, and Ooh, he, you're lifeline. the only person who can... Lifeline. Yeah, Lifeline. That one sounds awesome, and I will eventually get to that one. I just haven't bought it yet. Yep. Cool. Big episode this week, but that was fun. I like talking about Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. I'm interested to see where it goes. Yeah, I think it's going to be a very good game eventually because right now it is a decent game that is keeping my attention. And if it ever becomes a truly good game, then I fear for our society. Yes, and it has the potential. It has the potential to become that game. It's not yet, but there's definitely a core here that could expand into a game like that. So we'll keep an eye on it. I'm sure it'll show up in our weekly geekery. If anything crazy with it happens, we'll probably talk about it again in an episode. So we'll see how that sure. goes. Um, as always, you can write to us with comments, suggestions, or feedback. Our email address is geek2geekcast at gmail.com, or you can reach us on Twitter at geek2geekcast. And if you want to get email updates about any of our network's podcasts, you can sign up at geek2geekcast.net and tell us what shows you want updates about. I blog almost daily at agreenmushroom.com, and you can find me at grnmushroom, that's green mushroom without the E's, on Twitter. I also run Video Game News Now, which is a podcast. If you're interested in getting video game headline news quickly, you can find it on all the major podcast services out there. And I'm on Twitter as at Professor Beej, that's B-E-E-J with two E's, and I host the Geek Fitness Health Hacks podcast that you can find at all your normal podcast places as well. And there's also geekfitness.net where it lives. Uh, I'd also forgotten that until now I didn't put this on here, so you guys get to hear about it now. If you want even more of me, you can check out all of my science fiction and steampunk novels at bjkeaton.com b-j-k-e-e-t-o-n and you can even grab the first in my technomage trilogy for free so go read the books that i wrote you guys buy me a coffee you should they're good <laughs> we've been void and beige with your geek to geek podcast that'll do it for this week see you next week geeks bye bye bye